Hi, this is David Vinson, and I'm the superintendent of schools for the Wiley Independent School District, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Martin. Hi, I am the Director of Counseling Services and the Wiley Way, and welcome to the Achieving Kids podcast. Our goal is to provide a better understanding of how the decisions we make help promote the best interests of our kids and community. We will tackle big subjects, entertain different viewpoints, but the focus will always be on equipping you with the strategies that will help them become Achieving Kids. So, Amanda, I think it's fair to say mm-hmm. that you and I have a different passion for appreciation for beauty. So yes. do you want to tell everybody about this? Well, today our topic is about passions. And one of our, um, we talk about strengths in our district all the time. So we all take our own strengths. We take the VIA, which we promote all the time. It's free from the University of Pennsylvania. And one of my top five strengths on the VIA is appreciation for beauty and excellence. And one year um, pre-COVID, when we were at a conference, we were walking across the street and there was this amazing rainbow over the arch in St. Louis. And I'm with Dr. Vincent, I'm with Dr. Spicer, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to stop and take a picture of this. And they're like, what is happening? It was sweaty. (laughs) It was was real hot. It's a light prism. (laughs) Nobody cares. And the thing is, is that mm-hmm. I'm going to say this, that that's number 35 for me, yeah. 36. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so one of the things that we're going to talk and that why this is really important. And we talk about achievement education. We talk about the idea that you take a strength and a passion and you mold it into a map for your future. And then you create some social savviness to make that where it's an adaptable use of what you do to really make you have a higher level of hope and well-being and engagement a lot of this is not just folly. It's it's actually backed up by science, both from the University of Pennsylvania, but probably more importantly, wouldn't you agree with that Gallup has done the research on this? Mm-hmm. And so it's crazy globally. They do their engagement survey at work and like less than, like maybe it's like 20% of the world is engaged at their job. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah. I want to say this. So it's a snow day. So I was worried about it, you know, so I thought maybe this is, inclement weather so i got up at three and on the road by three to 15 because i can take a quick shower bam, and i just love i know what which bridges i'm going to and i'm going to get this stuff taken care of and i just love it and i mean and i really just can't wait and i think someday i always my biggest fear about my job is i'm running out of time you know because i'm 53 years old and i think well how much longer can i do this where people will clearly be annoyed with me and have me leave but at the end of the day you know it's a passion and so Kelly, you're here with us today, and Kelly Jamison, a child psychologist and and really guru of everything is of of trying to improve David Vincent and maybe some other children (laughs) along the way. So what would you have to say about passion? I would say that passion is um, misunderstood and being misused with our children. Because you can be anything you want to be, and and everybody's going to the MBA, and everybody's going to be a ballerina. And there's only like five ballerinas, right? Right. Yes. And everybody, but you have a passion for it. Or you're really good at it. And parents uh, misconstrue being good at something as it should be your passion. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. You know, I've worked with many athletes, teenage boys, namely, who are very good at their sport, but they don't love it or they are burned out by the time they are 16, 17. Yes. But their whole identity and the whole parental focus and the whole coach focus and the whole school community focus on this child is their role on this team, but it is not their passion. I've worked with so many boys, namely, who are very good athletes, 
but they love art or -hmm. they love music or they love astronomy or photography, anything but the thing. And they are really torn up about it. Oh, yeah. Or hydrogen based fuel cells. So that's what my or old my, cars or something. Yes. Yeah, because I mean that's what Cal was a football player and he liked it. He liked the coach. Mm-hmm. He liked the, the camaraderie about being organized and those kind of things. But again, last night he texted me, "Hey, this is the future of hydrogen-based fuel cells." Which I did not read the article. I just had to call him. <laughs> but the point is, I was an athlete too, and I just wanted a girlfriend. I mean, that was my whole purpose because you know, I mean, I had to really try hard, and that's my whole. That was my conduit for trying to fit in or do all those kind of things. I had no passion for it, but I was pretty decent. And so again, the community pushes you, Mm -hmm. your coaches push you, and I just wanted a girlfriend. And in the end, it shines out. You know who should be on this panel today? Kindergarten teachers. You know the poster that says, everything I needed to know Mm -hmm. I learned in kindergarten? Yeah. You know, a very good friend of mine who was the kindergarten teacher for all three of my children, Carrie Franklin, she's such a dream, but... Um, kindergarten teachers can identify a child's passion pretty early before a child goes through puberty before they start recognizing Mm -hmm. what culture expects of them Mm -hmm. being male or female Um, but what we're talking about today can be um, discovered early on like in children See, that's so, the reason we look at Gallup research on how adults are in the workplace is because our kids are going to be that. And so we don't want our students to be the 20%, the only 20% of people that like their actual job or engage in their job. So we're in, we're in, we want to know. Yeah. How do we help? It starts, this conversation should start with parents of children under the age of 10, Hmm. right? Because what happens is, you know, I'll get a child in my office who's, you know, a junior or senior in high school. And I'll say, you know, we're having the college talk. And I'll Mm -hmm. say, what are you majoring in? Finance. Business finance. Mm -hmm. It's just such a, like, a pat answer these days. And I say, why? What do you think they say? Money. I want to make a lot of money. And those kids grow up to be unfulfilled Mm-hmm. 50 year old adults who are now in therapy for different reasons. Right. Yeah. And they're sitting on the couch looking at a therapist saying, Is this it? Like, is this it? Is this just what I do? You know, mm-hmm. I just go to work and make money. And, you know, they're very unfulfilled. So, this is a lifespan issue okay. that if we do it well when they live in our homes, and they're young and they're exploratory and they're curious about the world, we set them up in such a better position than if we put them down a path that we think they should be on. Because what happens with parents, and especially with parenting culture and the emphasis on child achievement over child development, all of these parenting alarms go off in us over the years. And we panic because they're not hard workers Mm -hmm. or they don't have a good work ethic. And our parental alarms go off because we know what it takes Mm -hmm. to have a career. And we know what it takes. You know, we're coming from adult framework. We know the hard work. We know the dedication. We know the level of engagement it takes to be successful in Mm -hmm. our careers. So when we see our 10-year-old boys playing video games all day, Mm -hmm. all sorts of parental alarms go off thinking, oh, my gosh, he's never going to make it. Right. And then what we do, we clamp down tighter on that child. And then the criticism creeps in. But if we can just watch them and observe them 
what they're doing when they're young in their free time, the things they choose to pick up, the things they choose to read, the behaviors they choose, the friends they choose, all those are indicators when they're children of their passion points, right? Like everyone has a gift. We can call it, we can call this a million different things. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes I call it just their gift. Like what is their unique factor about them that makes them who they are? Yeah, because it's that really, it's that intersection of your strengths and your passions that, that, that if you can find it, it's the sweet spot. Yeah, but it doesn't even really have to be a strength. You know, you might love running, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but maybe you're not the fastest kid on the team, but you feel so alive while you're doing it. Right. So, so strengths, yes, but I don't think that that is like, a, that's a, a mandate that has to occur in it for it to be perfect. Well, and so I'm going to take it one step back and kind of take it back to my own kids. So when Kate was little, third grade, fourth grade, I guess it was really fifth grade, she was always tinkering with stuff. When the We had a big hailstorm here, and she went in the neighborhood and found all of the um, old, uh, all these, these little motorized cars had been beat up and stuff. And so she took them all back to the, uh, she gathered them up from the neighborhood and took them back to our garage and took all the motors out of them and, and then just then I guess I had to go throw everything out, right? Because she, she didn't clean anything <laughs> up. But at the end of the day, you know, she loved those gears and she loved doing that stuff. And then she says, you know, I think I want to be an engineer. And so we started doing the exploration. And I went to, so I took her to TI because I had a connection there. And, and, and with this guy, the vice president, wonderful man. And he said, uh, you know, Kate, only 25% of, of engineers are women. And so like Kate loves, uh, you know, to a challenge. Well, a challenge. Not, that's a nice way to say it. <laughs> and so she started, I'm going to be an engineer. So she started this club for girls, mm -hmm. smart girls. And now she has like 500, 600 girls in it. And now uh, it's Tech Titans is, is taking it over. But, you know, she said last year, I don't want to be an engineer. I, I'm, a, I'm a really good welder. I like creating things. I don't want to do the math part. And I don't like this. But she had a chance to, she was exposed. And we let her explore it. She engaged in it and then really didn't want to do it, but she wanted some version of it, mm -hmm. but it's that refinement, right? I mean, because mm -hmm. she has passions. She loves to tinker. She she loves to do those things. But, you know, what would you tell a parent? I mean, because is, is, is it just that simple? I believe it is. I believe if you have your child in your home for the first 18 years of their life, and if you are being very present as a parent mm -hmm. and observing, you should be able to identify those parts of your child that are unique. I feel like in that situation, that scenario, he just talked about Kate though. I can see a family being like, wait, no, you have to go in engineering. You'll get a job. You'll make good money. You like, you're whole, good at it. You started a whole club for it. Yes. Everybody, all these girls are following you. But Kate was like, hey, ladies, follow me to the next thing. <laughs> but so, I can see know. those parental alarms in that situation being like, well, wait a minute. You got to go down that path. This is what you're good at. You love it. I promise you love it. Keep going. Right. Yes. I mean, one of my favorite stories is a boy I worked with years and years ago. Um, good athlete. Yeah. Right. Had genetics like predisposed to be a good athlete. Did sports, didn't love it, got really into yoga. Mm -hmm. Got really into yoga, <laughs> right? I know, I can see your faces that you weren't you weren't expecting that. No. So his father, and again, this is more of like an affluent um, family situation, but because of this, he sent his child to like the top yogi in Utah or something, where mm -hmm. he went and like lived on the side of a mountain for a month 
Well, the boy thought that was ridiculous. And he came back to therapy and he was like, Kelly, you know how I was into yoga? And I was like, yeah. He said, my dad like located the top yogi in Utah and oh, shipped no. me there and for a month. beat it out of me. <laughs> yes. He's like, that's ridiculous. And I was, you know, so we got a good laugh about it. But, you know, you have to foster it without overdoing it. And because parenting culture is so kid-centric right now, mm-hmm. we feel like we're good parents if we go identify the top yogi in the country and, and send like, our child there. You feel like you're not doing all your... Because that's the one thing that I that I see a lot of parents do is that they'll they'll get people to explore things and expose them. But then they're looking for the next autopilot. They want to go put them with somebody else instead of actually having them experience it with them. And that's the fun part about my job as a parent is I get to go, hey, you want to go do this? You know, and that's mm-hmm. the that's the fun part. But but you've got to say, this is not my dream. You know, this is what's your dream. And realize they might, they might like yoga for a week and they're going to quit it. Right, you know? exactly. Yes. But it's about being present and just paying attention. Paying attention. And I think early on you get cues as a parent what what those strengths are, what those passion points are, if you're paying attention. Now, not always, but for some kids, it is clear as crystal. Mm-hmm. And the kindergarten teachers, I'm going to go back to them, they can tell you because, you know, they get to watch kids grow up. And I actually um, spoke to my child's pediatrician the other day. I said, what a cool job you have. You get to watch humans literally grow. You know, you get them when they're tiny newborns and you get them until they're like 18, 20 years old. What a cool job is that? He's like, yeah, it is the most fascinating work. But kindergarten teachers can identify it. Why is that? They're very present Mm -hmm. with their kids in their classroom. They're engaged. They get them for, what, six to eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. They have their little pod. They can tell you more about each child than anyone else. So that is just sort of a microcosm of what parenting should be to help identify some of these unique gifts. Well, you know, that's one of the things that I've asked, and maybe you could comment on this. With When I talk to Christy about our own children, I, I say, you know, we're bowling, and me and you are the bumpers. You know, they're, like <laughs> they're going to keep rolling and they're going to yes. make a lot of mistakes. They're probably going to hit us quite a few times. The goal, the goal is a strike, but you know, we're just trying to hit some pins and it's going to be all right. And it's just this deal because as a parent, you feel like it's a zero sum game. And, uh, even though, and in this college experience, you know, kids will come home, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my mate. Well, and Christy gets all worked up. I said, he's not teen. He's he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, and I actually hate the way. Come on, sorry to interrupt. Um, that colleges that's it. colleges are making kids do it now. You know, when we we just applied to the university, now kids have to apply into the college or the mm-hmm. department mm-hmm. of the university. Right. Why do they do that? I mean, I understand it's a management number situation. Well, it's also this: we're living in a global society, and we've got to produce X number of watts. And I think that that's really what we are as a society is that's the way. And, and you know, we're, we're looking and we're having it's because it's a global consideration. That's what they're doing. And Wiley, you know, we ask every kid to create a career experience. And I think I've told you this before. Maybe I haven't. So one of the things I love to do is ask the kids, are they doing this? Because 75 percent of our kids who choose it as a freshman go through with it all the way through. So there's some recognition of engagement. There's a do- there's a girl I was eating lunch in the, in, in the cafeteria just having a good time with the kids. What was your career experience? And she was a sophomore, junior education. And I mean, our education program in, in, in Wiley is great. I mean, mm-hmm. four of the top, the, of the teachers of the year came from who we trained. That's cool. 
And so this girl said, how do you like it? I hate it. It's stupid. <laughs> oh, really? Well, that's always what I want to hear something I created, right? <laughs> and so why did you choose it? My mom was a teacher. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a passion. It was an avenue. Mm-hmm. And uh, what? And then so she says, but I did realize this. I like serving people. I just don't like kids. And so she was able to recalibrate that passion mm-hmm. to where we're at and what we're doing. Yeah, so, she went into uh, health science. Yeah. Yeah. Nursing yeah, track. pivoted. Well, you know, in therapy, people you know, are often, um, and no matter what age, a lot of times adults, they want to make more friends, but they don't know how. Yes. So I see this a lot in the 30 something crowd mm-hmm. and they don't know where to start because they go to work, you know, and they don't have a, a university or a campus anymore to fall back on. And, you know, people are starting to have families and see less of their friends. So a lot of 30 somethings have a hard time with friends and they don't know where to start. So my question is, what are the things that you, f- that like kind of fire you up? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? I'm like, do you like kids? Do you like animals do you like senior citizens do you like sick people do you like old people do you like young people what do you love and people just they don't really think about that and a lot of times they get stuck and i said okay if i were to open your instagram account right now and i clicked follow what would i see and then that helps them sometimes that's just sort of like the magic question that helps them realize what is it that they love yeah they love fashion they love makeup they love cars they love sports they love puppies they love advocacy work they love social justice um so a lot of times we just don't i don't think we're asking people enough what are the things that you just light you up so that's one of the things that we do in wiley too is that we start their achievement profile in the third grade yes and so when we do that we start because you know in education what we do is we start with what's wrong with kids so you're either great or, or, or deficient in math or greater deficient in reading. And so if you can explore, everyone has strengths. Everyone has passions. Everyone gets a chance to explore some more than others. And we try to equate that. We have Map Your Future Monday. So our, you know, we have our Map Your Future Monday videos to expose. And so we're, our hope is, is that they get this chance to explore those, maybe have the opportunity to kind of, uh, engage a little bit about what that awareness might be and then find their way and their pathway and realize that it's, it's all going to change quite a bit, but you know, those are big things. I mean, because making friends, being engaged is hard, but I don't know that very many people get to use, they don't even know what their passion is. And it's so hard when I try to, what do you really want to do? You know, what is it that brings, cause you see some kids that just want to watch play, play video games. And what do you want to do? Mm. To watch TikTok. And I mean, I think, what, what's up? Yeah. And what can we do to help those kids? What would you tell a teacher to do? Because. Yeah. yeah so this goes back to the sense of like, what is your authentic self? Yeah. Which is, you know, a big psychology point. And um, I have to bring in technology here. You mentioned, you know, TikTok and video games. You know, uh, previous generations, all of ours included, when we didn't have anything to do, maybe we had a cd player in our room or a cassette player or something and we just kind of like tinkered around in our rooms we went in the backyard we walked around the neighborhood like we had downtime so you know your authentic self is realized with downtime and kids today because they're overstructured or they're sorry they're overscheduled you know they just when they have nothing to do they just pick up a phone and scroll Mm -hmm. or they play video games um we're not seeing a ton of relaxed like brain wander which is why people always say i get my best thoughts in the 
shower. shower. It's like, well, no, that's just the only Can time of day mm-hmm. where you're not distracted with anything else. You were literally alone with your thoughts and no one can interrupt you. So if we offered more of that uninterrupted time for children and and adults too, but more emphasis on children, I think we would see kids who have a better understanding of who they are. Because what we're seeing now is children aren't, they, there's not a lot of downtime. There's not a lot of creative play. There's not a lot of alone time with their thoughts. And then they just continue to develop through technology and with their friends. And then as they enter like middle school, high school, they just start doing what everyone else is doing because they've never spent the time checking in with themselves about what they like to do. So they just sort of follow the trends. And then you get a kid who's just majoring in business finance because mm-hmm. that's what everyone else is doing. Yeah. So if we offered children more time to just be alone with their thoughts, it is as simple as that, alone with their thoughts. How many times have, have your children been arguing, right? I have three kids, Amanda has three kids, <laughs> and you send everyone to their rooms. Right. And they're all hot about it. I just leave, typically. And then like an hour goes by, and maybe not an hour, but some time goes by, and you peek in, and they're playing nicely, and they're, they're picking yes. up something they haven't touched in six months. Yeah. Why is that? Because they were basically, you know, condemned to their rooms, for, <laughs> and, and they had quiet time. Mm-hmm. So they pick up a toy or a book or something that they would have never done otherwise. And that's what I'm talking about. That's like forced quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that, that one has surprised me often where I send everyone to their rooms and then I don't hear from them. And then I'm peeking around to see what everybody's up to. I'm thinking they've fallen asleep and they're in there just tinkering or playing. You like make no sudden movements. Yes, Let them continue. Exactly. Yeah. But as children, I remember hanging out in the backyard, mm-hmm. walking down to the creek. I mean... It just we just did more of that, so yeah. our authentic self had more time to develop. You know that's such a good a good point because it doesn't have that time to do that. One thing too that we focus a lot of our attention towards, in in, in the Wiley way and what we do with positive psychology and SEL, is really ask them to reflect on who they care about, who what matters to them. In fact, on the profile we do that. We ask everybody and. Both of my kids said that, I guess they probably see I'm reading it. So it says, and but it just says dad and mom, not mom and dad. So, I'm very proud they typed well, it I, 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 I screenshotted it not to show it to Christy. <laughs> but the thing is, is that do, you know, peer groups are big mm-hmm. and about passion and they can stoke it or they can throw it out. And would you say it's even different with gender about how that works? What do you mean? So... Um, when I was a principal, most of the girls that came into my office because they were in trouble was a result of morphing themselves into whoever friend that they had or boyfriend and not being their authentic self. So when we had Kate, we said, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to grow a strong girl that can think and live on their own. And, uh, we've done it, but, 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 but the point of it is. Would you think, though, that that peer group has such a massive impact on on image and other things? Because, And I'm going to say this, too, to kind of add on to this, is that when Cal was in a locker room and they what they called each other, and Cal never would, I mean, but, you know, yeah. and, and and it was almost a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. If you did that with girls, it would just be, we would we'd be in therapy, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. But it, would, it was, it's gender yeah. is just different. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But I mean, with regard to stoking or or diminishing passion, 
can, what, 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 do, how does that roll? Well, my question in therapy to kids, when we always talk about their social group, I always ask, does your friend group build you up or tear you down? It's generally one or the other more, you know, <laughs> more days than not. Is it a group that builds you up? And by building up, that is, are they fostering your passion points? Do they think it's cool that you love crocheting, even though you're 15? Like, do they think that's cool or do they make fun of it? Because a lot of times you don't, especially in adolescence, you don't want to be the outsider, right? You don't no. want to be the one that's different. But not. if you have an interest that's different, do your friends appreciate it or do they criticize it? Well, you know, and even with regard to the internet, one thing that we've kind of discovered and found is that sometimes the kids that get in deep in social media and on the internet is that they find who likes them and is with them and accepted by them and then they can deep dive into that and it's not healthy either, right? No, that, that one goes sideways quickly. Well, when we're talking about um, the career experiences Dr. Benson was mentioning earlier, um, that's the day that we're recording this, like today in their classes, they're some grade levels are taking their character strengths, some are taking their Gallup strengths, some are taking um, a personality, like a Myers-Briggs type mm -hmm. assessment, because we can't control what happens outside of our eight hour day here, but we wanna do with the time we have to expose them to as many things as we can about themselves and who they are and let them talk to their teachers and their friends. And um, it is, we find that the eighth graders at this time, they're registering for high school and that one of their biggest problems is they like this and they like this and they like this and they try to fit it all in and then they get overwhelmed. So what is your advice if kids have multiple interests and they just don't know what to do? We try to tell them you're, you can try different things, but right now we just do have to schedule you for your freshman classes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would just tell them that, you know, this is temporary. You'll have another shot. You know, kids are very much, um, uh, affected by these time parameters that we put on kids, mm -hmm. especially with kids who are choosing universities. I always say, you know what, if it sucks, like you'll transfer. It's not the end of the world. If it's the wrong school, you can transfer. But in their mind, like if they verbally commit to something, right, then they feel like the whole world is watching to see if they follow through on it. It's like, mm -hmm. we need to coach kids a little bit more about flexibility and pivoting and plan Bs and things like that, just because for whatever reason, I've just noticed that they get really, if they have verbally, you know, committed to something, they feel like they have to go all in regardless yes, yes. of the factors at play that could be negative. You know, that's the thing that we talk, because, you know, when we're talking about college with kids and we do that, we do that with our own children because we say, this is a one year decision building on something else. And what we want to do, because that goal as parent is to keep on the communication, even with bad news. Sometimes I don't want to hear about all of it, but, you know, to keep that, that setbacks are standard and that you're going to have to go press that reset button then you have the ability to do it. Now, if, if you had a bad Thursday and you're going to quit everything, well, that's stupid, but, mm -hmm. but we don't say it like that. Well, Christy doesn't say it like that, but that's how we need to work. Right. I mean, because that passion, you know, and you will have setbacks and you think, well, I'm no good. I can't do that. And you can't quit then either. Right. I mean, so when your kid feels like they're having that down moment, pursuing their passion how do you how do you assess that with them what do you do in, in child psychology when you're sitting there talking to them about a, a passion that's, that's kind of going sideways well i i um reinforce the idea of flexibility and time mm -hmm. and good days and bad days 
and that, you know, I'm always talking about mood. So maybe the mood wasn't in a place where it could be the right day or time to pursue that. But, you know, it's just, I think the pressure that these kids are under, you know, they're cracking a little bit. So we, we have to just reinforce flexibility and it's okay. And we'll Mm -hmm. try again tomorrow and next semester is a new slate and, you know, it's a different week. We just have to coach them. Otherwise, I mean, what, what a glass half full mentality to teach these kids, right? I mean, we have to just, just inject positivity and flexibility in them so that we have healthier kids growing into healthier adults. Mm -hmm. So a parent was asking me this the other day about basketball. Kid had a kid like basketball. And I'm going to say this, like, in in a, in a major high school, well, if it doesn't really matter if it's tennis or basketball, if it's golf or football or, or even engineering or welding, you know, you really sort of have to commit. And commit is not even the school day. In basketball in, in Wiley, it means you're going to go to spend all summer doing it. That's going to be your social group. Mm-hmm. And then, and then a self, and then I ask them to say, is there a self-assessment? Are you on the third team right now in the seventh grade? Because your likelihood of not of, of being on the varsity, they're going to have 10. And there's th- 3,000 kids at the high school, and there's 100 and something kids playing basketball. And you're the third team. You're 31. And uh, is that a harsh way to look at that? Is that a wrong way to look at that? Because that's what, you know. Well, I, well, I love that you brought up basketball because I think basketball has the most narrow shoot. It does. Of any sport or anything you know it's like it has the smallest funnel so that one I always you know encourage people to have you know different interesting groups because you just that one's just really hard but so with with the basketball scenario or like you said baseball you have to just um, help your child understand the real (laughs) the realities of that you know that's one of those hard conversations but if they love it then they get to play till they can't play or you look for other teams outside of the district that they can play in and that's the truth and that's one of the things and kate mm-hmm. played basketball and she was on the second team and i said so we're going to make a decision here going to go to high school and so then i looked at her strengths number one strength is competition she likes to win 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 and i'm saying so tennis is going to be a better avenue for that so are you willing to are you willing to sell out because we'll be all in basketball i don't want to play AAU. okay are you the fastest on the team now you know or this and that and she was a really great defensive player and then the coach and i had the basketball coaches at the high school you should have had her continue to play i'm going well this is your dream not hers mm-hmm. and i'm saying so what, what do you like to do so then we matched tennis because and then she she had an affinity for it, so we started in the seventh grade. She got in there, she struggled, and she had her own deal, and she can't stand losing. And mm-hmm. you know, she didn't throw racket. Well, she didn't, barely throws rackets or anything, but you know, she she learned that. And, and and because she got to fulfill that need, she got to be in to part of a team. She got to beat people. She got to you know uh, wear, wear the colors of the school. Those are big things mm-hmm. and we, we we were able to with her passion mm-hmm. match it with what she could do and yeah. the avenue went through it and so that's the thing about basketball and 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 and, and, and baseball is that it's really it's hard yeah so i want to i know we're wrapping up here i just want to say if we've stressed you out by this conversation you know if you're a parent listening and you think 
I have, I have no, no idea. idea. Yeah, that's what my question is like. What are they? No what are you going to tell the right? parents? So I have my no child clue. is not a child anymore. I can't observe so t- them. So tell them. I know that. Yeah. So I think you're, you're counseling me a little bit that I need yeah. to do a little bit better. Well, I think um, 2020 was a gift to parents in mm-hmm. that you had your child home for so long mm-hmm. and they had a lot of downtime. What did you see them doing? Did they like start cooking? You know, I had so many kids that I worked with say, wow, I finally taught myself how to play the ukulele from YouTube. I've been dying to do that. Or I finally sat down and taught myself calligraphy. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I've really been wanting to learn how to cook. So if if you're listening to this thinking, oh my gosh, I have no idea. Well, think back to this past year when you, when your child was home for hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks, what did they do? What did they do with their time? Yeah. And if you still don't know, then I think I'm going to pull from your basketball, your Kate situation is like exposure. If you have a high schooler or a middle schooler and you're watching the clock and you're thinking this child is almost about to launch and I still don't know and yeah. they don't know. And now everybody's, everybody's alarms are going off. Then exposure, right? Exposure to different things. Yeah. So I say eat at different restaurants, go to different stores, visit other neighborhoods, like expose your child to as much as you can while you still have them under your roof. Now, college is designed for exposure. That's why they take all those different classes so they can be exposed to things. But from a parenting role, exposure as much as you can, as much you have time and resources for. Um, But don't freak out, right? You know, this is is the goal, but this is, um, it doesn't always happen, you know. What did you guys think you were going to be when you were little? Is it what you were doing now? No. No. It usually isn't. So don't freak out. We had no exposure, though. We talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what I mean. Like parenting, the silver lining of being so invested in our kids is that we are exposing them to more because, you know, we're just more invested in their life. So if you have little ones, observe downtime. Offer downtime and then observe. What are they picking up? You know, for example, my daughter, we had her in sports, sports, sports. She's 11 now. Didn't love sports. Put her in theater. Would walk by her bedroom at night. She's in the mirror practicing her lines. Have you seen her on? on, She's adorable. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, I would give, she would take me to the cleaners. Whatever she'd want, I'd say, man, that's fantastic. Can we do, would you, would you do your little action, your play again? Because that's awesome. (laughs) She's precious. Mm. I love her. Thank you. But, you know, she, like, come on, Peyton, it's time for soccer. She'd cry and moan and complain but now she's in theater doesn't complain gets her bag together i don't have to ask her to yeah i catch her in the bathroom like rehearsing her lines did i ever see her in the backyard kicking a soccer ball around yeah. when nobody asked her to no no, no. <laughs> right so pay attention to what your children choose to do in their downtime it means something i'm gonna say this too one of the things and we'll close with this that you know like lulu I called her last night and uh, talking to my mom and you know, that she always ends with, I love you more. And the thing that I look at and I'm with you on everything is that my mom and my dad loved us unconditionally. And with my children, they understand that above anything else, that if you begin with love, that uh, you're going to be able to, there's a lot of makeups and there's a lot of things that are going to happen. And, and accepting them who they are and what they're doing, and and then all, but I don't accept all of it because I mean they just have really stupid deals. They do it every once in a while, but but you know what I'm saying. They know they know that we love them, and uh, 
I, I want y'all to explore your passions. I want your if you I want you to look on if you're a Wiley parent to look on your achievement profile and, and, and check out their strengths. And we ask them to, to input their passions and they really do know where they're at. And Wiley, you know, every week they get a Map Your Future Monday and they get a video about from you parents. And if you want to be a parent that wants to be on the videos, let mm-hmm. us know. But let us know about that because growing kids the Wiley way to achieve in a way that's going to make them happy and healthy and engaged uh, is going to make them one of the 20, 30% in the world that do it. So, so Dr. Jamison, thanks as always. Yeah. Thanks for having me, y'all.